Getting In is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products. Just for being a Getting In listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice by going to www.audible.com college. From Slate and Panoply, this is Getting In, a podcast series about the path to college. I'm your host, Julie Lithcott-Hames. I want to thank my colleague, Amy Young, for keeping things humming around here while I was away for a couple of weeks. It's great to be back. Okay, so what are we up to today? Well, we've got updates from some of our seniors, and we'll answer more of your questions, including one from an 11th grader who thinks he might be ready to skip 12th grade and enter college next year. But before we get started, I want to tell you about a podcast from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's called Campus, and it's a series that we think getting in listeners will really enjoy. Everything changes when you enter college, and the Campus podcast explores those life-defining moments. Think of it as the next step after getting in. Campus brings you first-person stories on the pressures to succeed, the threat of failure, and the adventures of growing up. Search for Campus on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. One of Getting In's experts is here with me today, Steve Lemenager. Hi, Steve. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Steve's the president of Advice, a college counseling firm. He was formerly the director of admission at Princeton University. So, Steve, what's the single best thing a 12th grader applying to college can do in December? That's a wonderful question, Julie. I think this is a very tense time, as you might guess, for 12th graders who are in the midst of this process. Um, many of them are waiting to hear back from their early decision or early action schools. So it, the anxiety level is a bit high. I would suggest that the students focus on their regular decision applications. Keep your eyes on, on that as your focus because there's a possibility that, that the news that you get in December, uh, later in December, is not going to be what you'd like and you'd like to be ready for the next steps. So. That's the hard, hard thing to do, though, because, of course, you're, you're hopeful and, and expectant to have, have positive results. And if it doesn't happen, y- you could have the worst holiday season of your life if you have to, to write a bunch of supplement essays uh, over the holiday. So that would be my advice, to keep at it, to keep plowing away, and get all of your applications ready to submit as needed. Sounds like it's uh, a case of Take control of what you can and don't worry about the things that are out of your control. Those early apps, if you've submitted them, they're in. There's nothing you can do to change those outcomes at this point. Might as well, you know, focus on what you still have some capacity uh, to be in charge of, which is, you know, the additional applications you're going to be submitting for the regular round. That sounds pretty sound, Steve. Thanks for that. A A way to stay sane, I guess, instead of sort of letting the stress of waiting for these results really get to you when you don't have control over something and you try to exert control over it. That's where the anxiety comes from. And I think that's where, uh, if, if you can have the self-discipline just to plow ahead, I think that's the best plan. I'm also going to add something that's a little outside the box, which is if you can think for one moment of yourself not as an applicant to college, but as a human um, in this December month, that would be fantastic. You know, it's a festive time. It's a holiday season. There are exams, yes, but there's also a big break coming. There's a big stretch of time when you get to be um, on a different rhythm. You get to sleep a little bit more. You get to enjoy food and warmth and comfort and conversation with family. And I would say to all of our seniors listening, 
you're a human first, you're a college applicant, second, third, fourth, 10th, you know, this is not your identity as a human, it's just a process you're going through. So take time to look after the human in you, make sure you're caring about that person and doing what that person needs for his or her mental health and wellness. I couldn't agree more. Well, we've got updates from a few of our getting in seniors, Jonathan Diaz, Ellis Wells, and Jordana Meyer. Let's start with Jonathan. We talked to him last week, right before Thanksgiving break. He was meeting with his counselor, Josh Steckel. Josh is better at memorizing numbers than I am. Jonathan had just gotten his latest SAT yeah. scores, which he took at the yeah. beginning of November. I think you went up 80 points in yeah. the math section. Yeah, I went up 80 which points. Which is a really, a really fantastic jump. So at any colleges that Jonathan's applying to that are not test optional, that jump in his scores will make a really big difference. I think the primary set of schools that will need those scores will be your SUNY college choices. The day before, Jonathan had organized a day trip with some classmates to visit Muhlenberg College in Pennsylvania. So yeah, we went through a tour. Like every stop we took, they told us about what you can do in the library, what you can do, what goes on in the sciences. Muhlenberg was really, although it was a small school, it was big in terms of capacity. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, the space, the was, space felt large, even though yeah. the college was small. It was a nice convenience to have walking a short distance to your all your classes. It's also nice to be able to explore, I guess. It's great to hear how Jonathan has figured out that a more open, greener, physical environment for college is something that might be really important to him. It actually reminds me of something we heard Jonathan say in one of the first couple of episodes when he told us about a wilderness trip he took and the important exploration of self and confidence building that happened in that wilderness space. So right now I'm feeling kind of excited for Jonathan. Jordana Meyer and Ellis Wells both got a chance to escape the college grind over Thanksgiving. Ellis visited his grandparents in Florida. I played golf every morning with my grandfather, my cousin, and my dad. Woke up bright and early before I usually wake up for school and was out on the golf course, the first people out there, which is really kind of like serene and relaxing and meditative. Uh, and one of, the, one of my favorite things to do in life, really. And here's a quick status update from Jordana Meyer. Well, I saw the new James Bond, which was fun. I haven't seen a movie in theaters in a while. I've been working on supplements for the other schools, which I'll be applying to if I don't get into Columbia or if I get deferred. Um, but I, I don't want to send them in until I know um, about Columbia, including but not limited to um, Harvard, UPenn, Tufts, NYU, um, possibly Northwestern and possibly U Chicago. I'm still working out the geography of where I want to be, possibly Brown. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a high achieving list. And they had to deal with all those college questions around the Thanksgiving table. For both family, um, I just try to be as honest as possible and like make sure everyone else gets a sense of how I'm feeling. And you know, I don't want anyone to feel more stressed than I am. And I don't think I'm very stressed at the moment. But um, when I do talk about college, I just try to make sure that people under, around me understand that aren't expecting anything more than what I'm expecting for myself. If that makes any sense. I did encounter a lot of college talk over Thanksgiving. My uh, my Thanksgiving dinner uh, I spent with like 40 members of my family in Long Island, um, and you know it's a lot of people I don't see that often. And the one thing they all know that I am doing right now is applying to college. So it's an easy conversation starter for them, and it's just another of the same for me. Um, I actually have five cousins who are the same age as I am, and they're all applying to college as well. And there is a level of competition. There's some, you know, comparison of scores and GPAs. 
Um, but in my case, at least I think it's healthy. I think it pushes me to work harder. Ellis has three early action applications he's waiting to hear about. UVA and Tulane were early action, which is non-binding, it's just early. And, and I also applied early action to a school called Case Western. They had sent me a lot of emails, and um, they ap- ended up waiving the application fee, which is kind of exciting. So I kind of said, might as well, um, you know, if not now, then when. And December 15th is the big date both Ellis and Jordana are waiting for. Um, early decision to Duke. Uh, Duke, top university in the country. Hoping to be following up this conversation with great news December 15th, knock on wood. I applied early decision to Columbia University. Um, I will hear from them in 15 days, but you know, who's counting? Stay tuned for more updates from all of our seniors as they continue to press submit and the notifications from colleges start to roll in. Now it's time for your questions, for listener questions. A mom in Chicago wrote us wondering what actions an applicant can take after getting notice that they've been deferred from the early round into the regular round. Hi, my name is Susie, and I'm calling from Chicago. Um, And here's my question. My daughter just applied early decision to an Ivy League school that is binding. Um, We are wondering if she gets deferred. uh, According to their website, she would be put into the regular decision pool we're just curious how this all works. Is she indeed just in with everybody else? Is there any distinction that she had applied early? And is there anything she can continue to do to let them know that this school is still her number one choice and um, communicate that effectively to help her maybe make it to the next round and getting in regular decision? Thank you so much. Love the show. Susie, we love that you love the show, and thanks for calling in. Steve, what do you think? Well, I think... First, um, it would be great if they could just pause before planning on the deferral and see if she gets in. That would be great. So, um, But after that, I think if she is deferred, then she is going to be thrown into the regular pool. But they're going to keep their eye on the fact that she did put her eggs in, in that basket to say that she was committing to, to go to that particular school. So I think there's going to be a, a slight preference in the deferred group if, if she is deferred and reconsidered later. So um, really what, what the colleges are doing is by deferring is, is waiting to see what that regular pool looks like before making a final decision. But my experience is, has been that, that they, they do have a soft spot for those who, who did make that early commitment. So Steve, what do you think about Susie's interest in whether there's anything her daughter can do to communicate, to sort of stay fresh in the college's mind as they wade through the regular round? Is there anything she can do to um, continue to let them know, as Susie put it, that the school is still her number one choice? Well, I, I strongly suggest that that uh, Susie's daughter write a letter, if, if she is deferred, write a letter to the admission office in January. Mid-January is a good time. Um, to update them on what's been going on since the early application. Um, there could be some awards. There, there certainly will be grades to report. Um, and, and also a re-expression of that sincere interest of, of first choice. So uh, oftentimes when, when a student is deferred, um, emotionally they, they kind of check out <laughs> with that school and say, oh, that's not where I want to go now. They, they, said, they said no to me already. So uh, that reaffirmation I think is important. Um, some other colleges might also instruct students who've been deferred to send something else, maybe another letter of recommendation or another essay. And not, not every school will want this. 
let's be clear about that. But but some will, and I think their websites will be clear about what their expectations are for deferred candidates. Yeah, you know, it strikes me that this waiting period, if you are deferred from the early round into the regular round, this is an opportunity to demonstrate that um, demonstrated interest, (laughs) not to be redundant. Um, This is a time where the student can actually be extra clear with the college that, yeah, you're my number one choice. Here's how I know. And that's when these... um, you know, the details that they might put into a letter from, you know, a time that they visited the campus or a conversation with a faculty member or a particular, you know, deep enthusiasm about a field of study that's particularly prominent at the school, you know, just something so it's not a generic letter, you know, I'm so and so and I just want to, you know, make sure you're still remembering me, but a very specific detailed letter that really tries to indicate uh, I'm I'm really quite interested in your school. This is sort of that last opportunity, if you will, to to offer that demonstrated interest. Colleges that have early decision are interested in those who love them, so they they want that love to be requited in a sense. And so, it, it it's almost like a love letter in January. You're sending it back to them, saying, "Yes, you you didn't go out with me the first time, but I'm going to try again." Uh, because uh, I I really do want this relationship to work. So, Steve. I've never heard anyone put it quite like that before. Here's to Steve Lemenege, who's offering that letter to the college might be a love letter, in which case maybe they should send it in February. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so students can send a love letter to a college, but not a box of chocolates, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think that would work so well. I, although in the, in the old days, um, I, I recall at Princeton getting baked items uh, during the course of the time um, when the students were deferred. But I, I don't think that happens as much today. I, I think rely on your, on your words and your expression in your letter. But if the cookies are bad, you're, you're not making a good case for yourself, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what our next question is about. Looks like it's from an 11th grader in Buffalo. Hello. My name is Noah Casamano-White. And I am a student at a private school in Buffalo, New York, and I am looking at going to a private uh, college called um, Bard at Simons Rock. Um, I am a junior, but I've, uh, for many reasons, my college counselor thought I might be interested in looking at an early college um, and transferring either the first year or getting an associate's degree and transferring the second year. What are the pros and cons to doing this? Thanks. Bye-bye. Steve, what do you think? Should he skip 12th grade and go straight to college? He, he could, and I think many students um, who are in the right frame of mind to do that, it, it's a great option. It's hard to, to give advice based on, on Noah himself, since, since I don't know him. But I can say that um, for some students, there's a certain type of student who thrives in, in a place like Simon's Rock. And, and to me, they, they tend to be those who are intellectually above their peers who <laughs> the mundane work of homework often is not inspiring to them and and where being in a setting where they're challenged and and encouraged by their peers in an intellectual way is is just the right thing so it really depends um, you know uh, Simon's Rock has a wonderful website uh, where they 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 say what are the five telltale signs that Simon's Rock is for you and I think he should go to that that site, take a look at it, see if it fits him. And and um, you know the nice part about Simon's Rock too is that if he doesn't, if it's not his place for either four years, which he could do, or two years, or or just one year, he can transfer out and and um, 
the transfer rates and the successes are, are really quite exceptional. So as you might guess, it attracts a lot of very intellectually capable kids who may not be fitting into their high school setting as perfectly as, as they can. And this could be a good option for Noah. Steve, I bet many of our listeners are not familiar with BARD at Simons Rock. Can you give us a sense of what that school's all about and why Noah might be considering uh, jumping ahead a, a year, basically not doing the senior year of high school, going straight to Simons Rock, and then, as he mentions, possibly transferring out once he gets there? What's all that about? What's Simons Rock about? And are there any other colleges that are offering a similar kind of situation that Noah's alluding to here? Well, well, truly, um, BARD at Simons Rock is a unique experience. So that I don't know of any similar uh, colleges or programs like it, to be honest. There could be, and, and um, I, I'm just not educated about, about them. But it's, um, it's a small setting. There may be 400 to 500 students at Simons Rock, and it's, it's in a lovely bucolic setting. Really engenders that, that kind of uh, one-on-one intellectual exercise with with mentors and faculty and professors so it's really for that kind of kid who who absolutely loves discussion and thinking and philosophy and thinking the big thoughts thanks for that steve i'll admit i didn't know much about um, simon's rock but as you describe it i think my goodness it might be a great opportunity for my kid. Um, So thanks for that. I think, you know, there are many kids for whom high school, the pattern of high school, the system of high school just doesn't quite fit with who they are and how they learn. And it sounds like Simon's Rock is a is an opportunity like Deep Springs, perhaps out here in California, um, for a kid to kind of jump into an environment that is really intellectually stimulating a lot of personal mentorship and attention, um, kind of get high school behind them, um, get to this new place, um, dive deep into the intellectual exploration, and then have a great platform from which uh, to transfer to uh, a four-year experience. I think that's absolutely right. And I think uh, the comparison to Deep Springs is a good one. Our last question is from a dad in Colorado. My name is Craig and I live in Colorado Springs. We have a high school senior and our question is, how do you assess realistically what schools your child should be focusing on for her applications? Our daughter does very well in school. She has a grade point average with AP uh, weighted credit above a 4.0. She's done all the extracurriculars, and she goes to an excellent high school with a lot of other um, highly achieving kids. We talk to other friends um, with students at different schools in different states, and their kids are applying to top 20 schools, and we've thought, based on everything we've read, that that would be a stretch for our daughter due to just the number of kids who have excellent uh, college resumes. So to whittle down the schools you should be focused on, is there a better resource to use than hiring a uh, college um, counselor to work on your behalf and identify schools? And how do you find out what schools your kid has a realistic chance of actually getting into besides just looking at the SAT scores and the ACT scores? Uh, Thanks for your help, and I really enjoy the podcast. Hi, Craig. Thanks so much for that question. I just want to acknowledge you're from Colorado Springs, and uh, our hearts are with all of the people there and the tragedy that community has recently suffered. Steve, to Craig's question, what do you think? Well, as someone who is an independent college counselor, I 
I might beg to differ that perhaps it's a good idea to talk to someone who who has that independent uh, sense and expertise on the matter. He may be under-representing or under-utilizing the services that, that exist at his public high school. You know, I appreciate that many families do hire independent college counselors. Of course, many families can't afford that. And while some high schools do have great college counselors on staff, some don't. And I think for those people listening, whether that's Craig or others, um, when you've got to take matters into your own hands and you've got to rely on the information available on the web or in a bookstore, um, I think there are a couple of good lists to look at um, as ways of categorizing colleges and their worth and value um, that are much richer, much better than that U.S. News and World Report. I'm just going to mention three. Um, There's the Fisk Guide to Colleges, F-I-S-K-E, Guide to Colleges. There's Colleges That Change Lives, a list of 40 small schools about which the alumni uniformly say, this place changed my life. And then there's something called the Alumni Factor, which looks not at what did the um, freshman entering have by way of high school GPA and SAT score, but what have the alumni experienced 10, 20, 30 years later in terms of everything from their net worth to their personal satisfaction and happiness. So there are plenty more sources besides those three, but I would say jostle yourself from the list everybody seems obsessed with. Look at some different lists. Compare and contrast. Read the descriptions of schools. You know, yeah, you're going to be paying attention to whether your daughter's SAT score or ACT score seems to be within the range that they admit. Uh, But that's likely to be the case at many, many schools. What you want to do is get to the more descriptive, subjective level of what's it actually like to be a student here? You know, what are they really good at at this school? You know, those are, that's, that's the important detail. That's how your daughter's going to get a sense of fit and belonging. And that's ultimately how she should make her choice about where to apply and ultimately which school to attend. I, 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 I agree with you completely, uh, Julie. Those are great resources. And, um, and you know, there, there's also, you, you bring up a great point, which is that it's, it's really about the match. It's about the fit. And, and lists can be deceiving. And um, it, it's really about assessing who you are, what kind of learning environment you'd like to be in, what kind of place you'd like to be. After your visits, you can tell um, if you have a chance to visit. Um, there's great variety of all the colleges and universities in the country. And, and it's, it, it behooves all, all students and parents, for that matter, of, of thinking more broadly. Uh, what is the right match? What is the right fit? And, and to have a little courage to, to go ahead and, and, and apply to schools which may not be in that top 20, but it may, may certainly be um, the right place for your daughter. Absolutely. You know, when I go around um, the country and talk about my book, How to Raise an Adult, I'm talking to audiences of parents. And what I like to remind parents is there is evidence right here in this room, in this auditorium of, you know, a couple hundred people that happy, successful people in life, most of them didn't go to the big brand name colleges. They went to community college. They went to a small college, quote unquote, no one has heard of. They went to a state school. They didn't go to college. You know, they went to a college, flunked out, started up somewhere else and managed to make something wonderful of their lives. We're sort of all, you know, withering under this myth that you've got to go to a big brand name school in order to have a decent life. And it's just not true. And we all can find the proof of that fact, you know, in our own communities, look around, look at the people you admire. They didn't all go to big brand name colleges by any stretch of the imagination. So I think if we can be willing to embrace that fact, we can really 
help our kids kind of take a deep breath and a, breathe a sigh of relief feeling, you know, I, a great life awaits me regardless of where I go to college. It's about me and my skills and my work habits, you know, my character. It's not about the, the you know, the strength of the brand name of the college I attend. I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to have you on the line and to have you answer so many questions. And thanks to Susie, Noah, and Craig for your questions. We love answering your letters. Keep sending us your emails and voice memos. Our email address is gettingin@slate.com, Or you can call our hotline and leave a voicemail. That number is 929-999-4353. That's it for this episode. Please leave us a comment on iTunes. It helps other people discover our show. Getting In is a production of Slate and Panoply Media. Michelle Siegel is our producer. Production help from Barry Finkel and Shayla Farzan. Our executive producer is Laura Mayer. And Panoply's chief content officer is Andy Bowers. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Julie Lifcott-Hames. And remember, it's not just about getting in. It's about finding the right fit. Getting In is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible has more than 180,000 audiobooks. You can download them and access them on a bunch of different devices, iPhones, Android, Kindle, or pretty much any other MP3 player. One book you might try out from Audible is Daughters of the Samurai by Janice Nomura. Nomura tells a riveting true story that begins in 1871, when three Japanese girls are sent to San Francisco to attend school and learn Western ways. Ten years later, when they return to Japan, they become determined to revolutionize women's education there. If you want to listen to Daughters of the Samurai or many other books, Audible has it. With more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products, you'll find what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audible.com slash college. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash college. And use the promo code COLLEGE.